Good evening. I'm Tear to Hawk to you tonight from the Society for People Who Can't Pronounce Their Ponsonants Properly <laughs> and to warn you about lad language in codpasts. <laughs> the following programme has been found to contain a foe of lux, <laughs> a shandful of hits, but thankfully no thunts. <laughs> Unless you count cat thunt. <laughs> which, of course, we don't. <laughs> On top of this, the prosts are honed to be spunk on buying deer and wirrets <laughs> with actual finacturate fambling to Rollo. <laughs> Listener discretion is advised, but as we say in the society, if you can't feed them, buck them. This week on the Peggin Mountcast... This is a hundred episodes of a documentary about a council estate uh-huh. youth club. <laughs> That's what this is. Ken, Ken, he start, he set the tone. So Bob turns around. He's making love on the board. What does it say on the board? Sex. What? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Are you all right? Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour. I'm Dr Velvet. I'm Blackout. And we're here yet again to talk about the telly. Yes, hello to you and thanks for alighting on this casual cultural critique of vintage television where Britain's best-loved battle axe is never far from our minds because here all roads lead to the mountain. If you head over to PeggyMountPod.com, info and links with the episodes we're discussing is in the show notes right there. You can find us on the socials, get in touch to say hello, suggest programmes you'd like us to cover. Before we pull the ripcord and hope for the best, Dr Velvet, I'm going to ask, what are you drinking? I can't actually tell you properly because I found this bottle in the garden. Now this sounds like bizarre, Right. this sounds bizarre, but I found this in the garden yeah. and I've just, I know for a fact it's the remnant of a party from a while ago. I know it is, from a garden party. Anyway... Good luck. This the soil is covering half the label. All I can see is Othschild. So I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm just going to open it anyway, and I'm just going to drink it. What about you? Uh, I have got a bottle of Shepherd Neem Spitfire. Blazing. Love it. Spitfire in hand. Let's move on to the first port of call. We're not going to dilly-dally. We're not going to shilly-shally. But we are going to run around. <laughs> Run Around. This is a chaotic activity game show for kids, produced by Southern Television, aired on ITV from 1975 to 1981. It was originally hosted by actor and stand-up Mike Reed, then Leslie Crowther took over for a bit, and then Stan Boardman, before Reed came back, returned and took the reins. 100 episodes were made of this, over 12 series. The one we're looking at today is from the 1979 run. So what happens is, you've got a bunch of kids as contestants, a bunch of kids in the audience... Mike asks a trivia question, multiple choice answers on the boards 30 feet away. The kids belt over to the other end of the room and then, quote, run around, unquote, to stand in front of the answer they choose. You get a right answer, you get to pick up a wooden ball, these are translated into your points. You get it wrong and you have to stand in some sort of prison cell at the side of the stage. So we've got kids as contestants, kids in the audience. 
Mike Reed being ushered into a circus ring of a stage in bright nylon slacks on a three-wheeled miniature Lambretta fire engine with lights and sirens blaring, setting the tone for the next half hour. You can imagine the racket. What are your thoughts on this, Dr Velvet? Well, first of all, you mentioned the slacks, which I put for the first... I highlighted those in my notes. Grey slacks. Grey yes, brine yes. nylon slacks. Yes. And, yes. and you mentioned 100 episodes. This is 100 episodes of a documentary about a council estate uh-huh. youth club. <laughs> That's what this is. Ken, Ken he, start, he set the tone. I was trying to be nice by just describing it. No. Right. <laughs> I've mentioned before in a previous episode... That I was, as a kid, I hated loud noise. By God, how things have changed. But I I hated loud noises, hated people who shouted, hated loud environments, yeah. all the rest of it. Hated loud environments. This was a nightmare to me, this programme. It scared me to death. Um, and he, especially. Mike Reed terrified me. What is that yeah, about? That's fair enough. This cockerny geezer. Um, yeah, he comes in on this loud fire engine with his loud, gravelly voice. This was horrific. He does exude an air of unspoken threat. Yes. That seems wholly at odds for a show filled with kids. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? He does, He does during the programme, he, he, he said something to some kid, and he said, uh, don't do that because I'll shout at you. And I thought, yeah. <laughs> You were put right in your place by that, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, damn right. I thought, you know what? Yeah, you I were would, back there as a six-year-old. I would have been in tears, man, if, if that had been said to me. And I was on the... T- no way. No way. Now, what's bizarre about this is that the show predates Checkers Plays Pop by three years, even though it somehow feels like a stripped-down version of the same thing. Yeah. Well, what it is is... It's... Um, you've got Runaround, then BBC TV Centre. They sat there going, we can do Runaround... Tell you what, throw 100 quid at it and we'll have inflatables. Yeah. Boom. And a nicer person to host it, not someone who's a, who's essentially a thug. <laughs> a thug. <laughs> the, you um... know that when he's left that set, he's gone outside, smoked a fag, had a can of lager and kicked a phone oh, box okay. to shit. And he's given a kid a clip round the ear on the way yeah, out. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> The set design is like being trapped in a 1970s amusement arcade yeah, machine. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. You know, one of the ones, of ones with, like, you know, the pushes with, like, the things that goes backwards and forwards mm-hmm. and the lights that sort of flare off when you win 2p and that. That's right. When Mike asks a question and the kids run across the room, most of the lights in the room go out. They do. And it's really dark and claustrophobic. Yes. And there's a gruff man in thick glasses <laughs> bellowing at you, and it's like being trapped in a nightmare. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page. It's with this. horrific. And then what doesn't help is the creepy fisheye lens at the end of the when the the kids are running towards the target, running towards their answer. You've got that fisheye yeah. lens focused. It just yeah. adds a an uncanny, unearthly edge to it. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> so we get a couple of questions. Um, then Mike brings on a steam engineer with a ride-on miniature locomotive. Starts talking to him about restoration projects. He does. What, what the fuck shambolic programming is this? <laughs> Everything absolutely fucking stops dead and the kids start falling asleep because yeah. there's two grown men talking about steam trains. I think, I honestly think Mike Reed wanted to go on the piss with Jack Hargreaves. <laughs> and this is his only way to do it. 
hoping, hoping to God that Jack is watching this, going, oh, <laughs> while, while he's skinning a pig, going, oh, I like that Mike Reed chap. Yeah. <laughs> then we get one more question. And then Mike introduces a band, The Jags, to mime a song badly to kill three minutes of airtime. Who the then we're back. hell we are they? The, then we're <laughs> the, the Jags! Who are they? I, I was trying to work out, is he saying Jags or Jags? But I googled it, it is The Jags. Um, then we have one more question. Mm. Then we go over to Mike. It, everything just stops again. And Mike goes over to a woman called Inga from Blackpool Pleasure Beach who cuts silhouettes of people out of paper. I mean, fair, fair play to her for getting the gig. How does this even get on the television? I'm going to say one thing. 1979. That'll do. Because anything and then, anything goes. And and then as if it's as if we haven't suffered enough on this emotional roller coaster. Of course the fire engine comes back on so we can be discussed properly. Yeah. Did anyone at Southern Television know this was being filmed? <laughs> <laughs> this is a beautiful moment. Oh, God almighty. I clapped it, at this. It is the most bizarre... I don't understand how... It's not even like this is the first episode. I don't understand how this was made. I just <laughs> love the fact that the Lambretta fire engine broke down. And Mike Reed had to yeah. physically push it off set. I thought that was marvellous. Yep, everything done in one take. That's it. That's your, that's your goal there. What you see is what you get. Well, what got well, what got my on my nerves was when Mike Reed went the beauty of live television. Mike, it's not live, sweetheart. They wouldn't put you on live television, not in the seventies, not in the eighties, not in the nineties, flower. Um, but um, yeah, the, I'm just going to go back to the Jags for two seconds. A cross between B. A. Robertson and the Jam, and to make it, you, there's a, there's a guy there, the cameraman is thinking, this is me chance, this is me chance. If someone yep. sees this my credit, I will get the, this I will get the I gig get to top on of the top pop. of the pops. You've read me mind. Yeah. Instead, <laughs> instead, I thought I was on a ferry that was sinking. <laughs> back and forward we went, back and forward we went. I watched this. I watched this for this episode at 9.30 in the morning. I vomited oh. scrambled eggs after seeing that. <laughs> I was ill. On the subject of the Jags... Mm. Quick quiz for you. What do you think was their highest charting single? How how far up the uh, the pop charts, the hit parade, do you think it got? 248. Nah, come on, higher than that. They had four singles in their entire right, career. Right, okay. The highest they got, probably, I think they ended top 20, maybe no higher than top 20. Number 17, that was the highest one. Right. Nothing, the other three, nowhere even close. They were trying. But there we go. Essentially, this particular episode, the concept of the game, right, I get it, but there's so many things that could go wrong, and it did in this episode. Yeah. All of the kids yeah. got all of the questions right all of the time. Okay, three targets at the end of the room. Run towards the target that you think shows the right answer. They go for it, but everyone just copying off everyone else. They go with the majority. Boom. Everyone gets it right yeah, all I the time. Yeah, I didn't quite understand that. I just assumed it was like run over the other end of the room. Then when he shouts run around, then you choose what you think is the right answer. Whatever. Because if you just ran to what you thought was the right answer, there'd be no point in having the run around section, would there? That's the answer you thought or am I, was or right. Or am I overthinking no, no, no. that? You're, you may be, because you run to the answer you think is right, then you have a look around to see and you think, oh, maybe not. Run around, here's your last chance to get the right answer. Ah, so it's like, so it's like peer pressure. I, so you basically yeah. you run to what you think is the right answer, yeah, yeah, yeah. then you realise that you're on your own, and you then follow the herd. Well, this is a fucking metaphor for the 21st century, isn't it? Do you know, you've just, you've just <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. 
can I just question <laughs> one thing, which which is a, an insight into yeah. British education of the 1970s. One child, yeah. one child thought that the dish curry was associated with Spain. You know what? I wasn't actually paying any attention to what the questions and the answers mm. were. I was sort of too terrified to be... That would have been like joining in and Mike Reed would have burst in the uh, in the lounge door yeah. and just hauled me outside and told me to run around. No, I kept watching that and I just thought... And one poor child ran... Yeah, he's only about seven or eight. He's on seven or eight. That's fine, mate, you know. Bollocks. I knew the curry didn't come from Spain at seven-year-old. I think it's more likely that the kid runs over to the bit that sees, says Spain. It looks around. No, it didn't. Sees it, he's, sees it, he's on his own and thinks, you know what, fuck you lot. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. <laughs> it, was, it was. He goes, what if it is, though? Eh? What if it is? And then they go, oh, by the way, it's not from Spain. <laughs> well, fuck you too, Mike. <laughs> it was. No, it wasn't. It was the other way around. Okay. What, what, you ran around what too, dishes are associated with Spain? Is it? All oh, right. Oh, I curry, that paella, or spaghetti? That's because that kid has been on holiday to Spain and he had a curry. It's that simple, mate. I promise you. That's because. That. Well, what? You know what? You could be right. So we get to the end of the program with the prizes. One kid wins. Daniel, his name is. He wins yeah. He wins the portable TV. I am waiting for that kid to drop that telly when Mike Reed hands him it. He is making him... He's like, yeah, go on, hold the telly up high. And the kid's like, you know that I'm like seven years old and this is quite heavy. And yeah, okay. He's like, no, no, it's all right, sir. Hold it up high. Don't work. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Don't work. A portable, a portable TV's not too shabby for 1979, it's, though. Bear in mind it's, it's for kids. It's cracking. And considering that portable just, TV looked like... It was like shoebox size. It was, it was it's bizarre. Ju- <laughs> it's just such a shame that the ordeal that young Daniel's gone through to win it means he's never going to be able to watch that without having a massive flashback. Ever again. Ever again. <laughs> Every time he turns that telly on, there's just going to be an extreme close-up of Reed's face going, Daniel, run around! Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was run around. Let's run away. How many pegs will you put on the line? This what? is the televisual equivalent of a panic attack, <laughs> but I admit that it's not for me and that others would have... It ran for a long... It a hundred episodes, mate. You know, it can't have been... I'll give it four out of nine, but that's generous. It was Southern Television. They had nothing else to do except how. <laughs> um, what about what about yourself? Uh, two. Two. It put the fear of God into me. Two. Do no, two. Do, do, two. Good Lord. Mike Reed terrified me, the man. It was horrific. <laughs> Two, two pegs. Good God. Good God. Right. How many steps will it take you to run around the mountain? I can run around it in three. Then do so. <clears throat> Tell you what. Go! Run Around was presented by Mike Reed, who was also in the Christmas special of Roland Rap, the series, along with Brian Blessed, who appeared in 1983's High Road to China, as did Robert Morley, who was in the 1966 comedy Finders Keepers with Peggy Mount. Flora is taking coffee in her room. Very good. Finders Keepers, what about yourself, losers, sir? weepers. What? Sorry. What? what about yourself, Dr. Velvet? I can do it in two. Go! 
Runaround is indeed fronted by Mike Reed, and he also rocked up in an episode of Minder with George Cole, who starred in 1965's One Way Pendulum with Peggy Man. And Sissy is bringing it up. Well done, my old son. Yeah, I've each. There we are. Um, that was Runaround. Let's run around to the shops and see what we can buy. For the sunny, funny one they call Umbongo. Libby's Umbongo. High juice drinks. Free from artificial ingredients. Ooh, just got back from the shops, buying some things, and what do you know? The postman's been. Would you like a letter? Uh, why not? Why not? Here we go. I enjoy these. <clears throat> I enjoy these. <clears throat> So, what have we got? Dear hosts, I write concerning the episode in which you discussed You're Only Young Twice. You incorrectly pointed out that Pat Coombs was the Great Britain pizza-eating champion from 1972 to 75, losing her title to Jeff Capes during the championship in the long hot summer of 76 when she vomited on an adjudicator after 47 minutes and her 13th meat feast. This is bullshit. This is the letter, by the way. This is bullshit. She ate a dozen meat feasts and then moved on to an anchovy and kebab meat deluxe. You can imagine. Please please discipline your research team over this. Yours, Diana Kingston, Paradise City. Well, thanks for writing in, Diana, but I think you'll find that the competition-approved meat feast pizzas included both kebab meat and anchovies. So, you know, who was right? Huh? It was, uh, it was us, wasn't it? Thanks, Diana. Thanks. Do write back. There you go. You're not impressed, are you? I can tell. Um, okay, let's move on to the next episode. Let's see what our survey says. It's Family Fortunes! With the Colleen family from Birmingham, Harry, Michael, Janet, Pamela and Mandy. And the Price family from Wales, Dave, Barbara, David, Dave and Irene. All here to play Family Fortunes. And here is your host, Bob Monkhouse. Yes, the legendary Family Fortunes, produced by ATV, ported over from its US forebear, Family Feud. Two teams of five related contestants go head-to-head for cash and prizes. They read broad questions that have been posed to a survey of 100 people. The contestants guessing the most popular answers get that corresponding percentage in points, and there are chances for each family to leap in and steal when their opponents are getting it... 
<laughs> it's a classic game show which ran for over two decades, then returned in a celebrity format in 2006 for a further nine years. We were looking at the very first UK episode, aired in January 1980, as the sharply suited host, Bob Monkhouse, presides over the Price and Killeen families. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We're sat in. Seatbelts are on. This is a game show. This is a game show. Hell yeah. This is the host, the man, the captain of the ship. I mean, this is a masterclass. Push it onto the stage. This is a masterclass in how how to do it. (laughs) Theme tune, check. Jack Parnell at his best. The set, amazing, would stand up today. Monkhouse. It's just amazing. Format, tremendous. I know it's a borrowed format, it's a board format, but this is... If I remember rightly, Friday nights, either 7 or 7.30 this was on, and this was just incredible. What? A, I wish I'd thought of this. Yeah, you do know that at this point in 1980, um, you know that the production team at ATV sat around, had a bit of a debrief, they're looking for something to go up against blankety-blank, and they really knew they had a winner on their hands here. Monkhouse just carries it is absolutely perfect for this yeah he's just the magic ingredient uh i just i haven't a bad word i have a bad word to say about this program but that's post monkhouse as it is right now i ca- i can't touch it i can't touch it it is amazing the format still holds up today as we know it's still going on yeah can we talk about the contestants uh we certainly can we can yeah carefully okay. carefully the families as always okay you look and you're like, uh, at least now, in this 1980 <laughs> episode, they don't do what they do in contemporary family fortunes, which is have a video insert of the families at home. Hiya, my name's Deborah. Yeah, we don't need that. We absolutely don't need that. At all. Never been needed. I hate it. I, I've, oh, I've, I'm sick in my own mouth when I see it. I like that we've got the Killeen family from Birmingham certainly have. and the Price family mm. from Wales. Right. Ah, yes. The town of Wales. <laughs> right, yes. Ah. <laughs> and not one of them has a Welsh accent. <laughs> I do like that the Price family <laughs> there's only, there's like three male members of the Price family mm. and they're all called David. All called that David. It's fucking outstanding work. It really is. And the, 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 the head of the family, <laughs> the patriarch stood there in a velvet jacket, mullet and medallion. Kaboom. Yep. Absolutely. He's Paul Calf. <laughs> the man is Paul Calf. But yeah, all right. So I did think that the maybe it's because this is the very first episode and they don't quite know what they're getting in for. But I did find that the chat with the families is a little bit stilted. Some of Monkhouse's reaction jokes feel like they're improvised rather than being recalled from his sort of database brain. Yes. Agreed. But once we get into the gameplay itself, this is absolutely flying. This just like settles straight into a groove and that's it. Isn't it? Full steam ahead. Fantastic. I can just see people just tuning in randomly going, oh, there's a new show on, let's have a look. This would have yeah. been a water cooler moment, I don't doubt mm-hmm. for a second. So we get, you know, want to be a bit cheeky. We know that Bob's an absolute expert in, you know, sort of innuendo anyway, not even in a kind of a Frankie Howard way. He's like a lot, he's a lot more there's, sort of subtle yeah, than that. Yeah, there's subtlety to it, yeah. Um, one of the questions that comes up, mm-hmm. name something you take your clothes off. That's with. right. Now, obviously, get in the bath, go to bed, done, bang, sorted, top two answers. Oh. After that, Monkhouse is just baiting the contestants to talk about shagging. Totally. But he also berates them 
every time they even come close to mentioning it. And it's like, what are you doing here, Bob? Yeah. Are you... Ooh, I'm trying to work out the angle you're coming from here. He's the master puppeteer. Mm. <laughs> it's like, just... And fair play, it's old man Killeen, head of the family, the patriarch, who comes up with the answer, making love. And you're like, you know what? There we go. Mr. Killeen... Take me half to you. They even make a joke well about fucking, it. Cause well fucking done, mate. Yeah, it just, it just bang. Yeah. Making love, Bob. Because well, Why, Bob? What would you call it? So Bob turns around. Is making love on the board? What does it say on the board? Sex. <laughs> <And> you, <laughs> what? Did, come on, man. Yes, we're back on ITV. Okay. There we are. At least you didn't say Nookie. I'll give him that. It's Bottle Boys all over again. It's, um... <laughs> yeah. Don't, because we're covering that next yeah, series. Yeah, all right. So your first half, as rounds were... The question is basically one pound per right answer. So, you know, if you get sort of 69 points, 69 pounds, best I'll say 69, Bob will be off again. Yeah. Then we go to the double money round, which eliminates one of the families. Then the big money round, where you get five questions asked over two members of the family. You know, one of them is in a soundproof booth or mm-hmm. however they do it. Um, they're put in a sack, put in a van, <laughs> and they're driven to BBC TV Centre. They're, they're put in a soundproof room. And Mike Reed shouts at yes, them yes. <laughs> through the sack. Through the sack. And then, actually, you know what? Before we get to the final, mm. um, can we talk about the Price family who go away with their consolation prize? We can. Right. The Price family, mm. they get to leave early. They do. They get... <laughs> well, I think the word you're looking for is they... lose. <laughs> no, no. Hey, everyone's a winner on this show, mate. Come on. Fr- looking at the framed photograph, you're right. Everyone's a winner. They get to leave with their... Points converted to money, they get £91 between the five of them and a framed black and white photograph of them on the set with Bob Monkhouse. Wow. And the family that stole that money from them. Yeah, all right, go on. <laughs> yeah, but my question to you, Dr. Velvet, is was the £91 consolation prize the present-day equivalent of A, £212, B, £393, or C, Four hundred and sixty-six pounds. Oh yeah. What do you What do you think? Uh, if you were playing this today and you went, if you left with that amount of money, what do you think you'd have walked out the studio with? Oh, you're asking me this like I know about money, like I own, like I run a business. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> hmm. I'm gonna go for a. According to the Bank of England inflation calculator, inflation can't ninety-one have, pounds. It can't have gone no, up that it's much. A, it's a thing. It can't have gone up that much. It can't have gone up that much. Ninety-one pounds. In 1980, yep. would be worth 393 pounds really? 16 pence really? in 2019. Right, okay. To put that in game show context, yep. that's the equivalent of you, Dr. Velvet, mm. getting four members of your family, yep. arranging childcare, yep. booking time off work, yep. travelling to the other end of the country yep. to be on a game show yep. for less than 20 minutes and leaving that studio with 78 pounds <laughs> in your pocket. <laughs> I know, right? You travel in your hotel are paid for. But really, I mean, come on, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, to be fair, what, 70-odd quid? Barbill? See? Barbill? No, that's now. That, yeah, that's not like that. you'd be leaving now today with 78 quid. Yeah, but back in the day, Each. you could buy a pint for 10 pence, man. Be all right. <laughs> so anyway, we're through to the final, the uh, the big money round, head-to-head. And again, once again, you know... The, the the basic format of the show is great. Once you get to this part of it, again, a genius stroke. This is the way this oh, is. Oh, yeah. oh, love it. Especially when you, yeah. you we get into the big money round and the fucking audience are shouting the pissing answers out. 
Well, I'm glad they're finally making themselves heard because early on I thought there was about six people sitting back there. Oh, it's a full house. You can tell it's a full house. But I literally, because of course now I know the protocols of the show and you know what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. I'm sat there watching this today going, oh, shut the fuck up. I Uh was more annoyed than William G. Stewart at the time, the producer. You would at least think they'd have a second set of questions ready so so Bob could turn around and go, right, we're going to do this bit again, and this time you lot can shut the fuck up. We're going to read these (laughs) out again. Because we're doing a game show, not a a fucking pantomime. We're reading this again for the simple reason that every one of you sat in these seats are all dicks. (laughs) Me... Meanwhile, the Price family are sitting there looking on from the wings with their £91. They're not allowed to go home till we're finished. They're wiping the tears away with fivers. <laughs> not many, obviously, <laughs> but with fivers. Uh, we get through the final. We fucking do. And you know what? What a final. And, yeah, uh, we're going to spoil it here. Yeah, we are. Um, the Killeen family, they only fucking win it, don't they? With a quid? By one point. Yeah. They need to get 200 points to win. They score 201. This is either superb television or a massive fucking setup. I can't work out which. Well, either way, I don't care. It was good television. Um, <laughs> oh, God, yeah. They had, what, 15 points to get to win? And name a famous golfer, and she chose Jack Nicklaus. Boom. Mm-hmm. That caused mm-hmm. that a win. So, so the Colleen family, they walk away with £1,000. That's their top prize. I bet on the bus. That's, that's, that's the big... The big money, is? Um, which because I was on the site is worth four thousand three hundred and twenty pounds in today's money. Nice, not bad. So, you know, I mean, still not bad. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna get an extension or a new car for that, but yeah, it's all right. Absolutely, for half hours work. No, you're right. Um, right, okay. Family fortunes, pegs upon the line. Our survey said, well, the show definitely got better than this, but I thoroughly enjoyed it anyway. Eight out of nine. What about yourself? Big time. Eight out of nine. Big time. So before we go, before we close this section no. out, what's your order of preference for the classic era hosts? Monkhouse, Bygraves, Dennis. That's the order in which they presented the show. What is the order in which you rate Monkhouse, Bygraves and Dennis? You just said it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you really did. Yeah, you really did. Okay. That's the ladder, is it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> so in your... <laughs> In your estimation, the show slowly got worse. God yes, over a long period of time. God yes, you can't. You okay. You cannot beat Monkhouse. Oh no, you Monkhouse is top of my ladder, mate. Absolutely, I do have to say, as much as I've got issues with Les Dennis, I think he was perfect for that show, and I think he's a more likable host than Bygraves. Horseshit. <laughs> that being the case, how many steps mm. will it take you mm. in your very sharp suit? Yes. To yodel up the mountain. Absolutely. Um, well, two. Your man Bob Monkhouse starred in 1958's Carry On Sergeant alongside Cyril Chamberlain, who appeared in 1954's The Embezzler with Peggy Mount. Put that down before you spill it. Very good work. Yeah, yeah. So, are you going to double your money? And tell me how many steps it's going to take you to yodel up the mountain. I can go for big money and take this in one step. 
Family Fortunes was, of course, hosted by the legendary Bob Monkhouse, who also helmed the 1970 episode of The Golden Shot, which featured Peggy Mount. My belt's falling off. There we go. Peggy Mount. And you sit there. That was worth your bell falling off. That really was. <laughs> Fantastic. I would, go, I would, however, go and see a doctor. Um, all right. Um, <laughs> tremendous. Runaround and Family Fortunes. That brings us to the end of another episode of the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour. If you want to know more, there's information about the socials via Blackout. Yes, thanks once again for being here, dear listener. You can find us by searching for the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour on Facebook. Head over to PeggyMountPod.com. Check out the show notes for this episode. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email PeggyMountPod at gmail.com or we are at PeggyMountPod on the Twitter. Yes, we are indeed. OK, so that wraps everything up. Are you off to watch an episode of Runaround now? Let me put it this way. <coughs> Until the next time. Keep mounting! The Peggy Mount Calamity Hour is a free podcast from Michael Media which holds production copyright. Opinions and recollections expressed are not to be taken as fact. The title and credit music is by Dr. Velvet. Audio segments from television programs are presented for review and informational purposes only under fair use, and no ownership of these is claimed or implied by this show. For more information, visit PeggyMountPod.com.